Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We've been in a series, uh, this is I think our third or fourth week, fourth week I think, of the series on passion. We're going to uh, finish it next week, uh, and I have a a great message for next week that I believe is going to uh, challenge our hearts, but you know... Passion is that thing in our life that can make, take life from being mundane and ordinary and take it to places that are extraordinary. I've been talking about that. We don't, how many want to just live a boring life for the rest of your life? Don't most of us try to push forward and want to achieve more and want to, we want some excitement, we want fulfillment, we want to know that we have purpose, we want to know that God has a plan, we want to know that we're making a difference, not just in our lives, but in the lives of others. Most of us have that in our heart, that we want to make a difference. We live in a country or in a world that, man, it is filled with unhealthy passions. If you want an unhealthy passion, don't look far. You can just turn the TV on or do what, you can find all kinds of unhealthy passions that you can get involved with. Doesn't mean that it's going to be good for you. Because an unhealthy passion, we've talked about this, an unhealthy passion, really what it does, it leads you away from God and it starts to destroy your life and it, and it, and it becomes something that is distracting you from God. Living in healthy passions, guess what, will bring joy. Living in unhealthy passions will rob you of joy. Over the last few weeks, I've shared the difference between healthy and unhealthy passions. Like last week, I shared about the need to control our passions. We all need a greater control on our passions. Sometimes they get out of control. All of a sudden, we can hurt people because we're passionate people. This week, I want to discuss how your passion affects your identity and how your identity affects your passion. I'll let you decide which one is greater. Let's begin with a scripture that I shared the very first week that we started this series. And it's the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Treasure in the Greek is thesaurus. It's the same place where we get the word thesaurus, which is a collection of words or a treasury of words. It's a collection of synonyms and antonyms. The Greek definition means more than just a single treasure. It really, when you look up that word thesaurus, it means basically a storehouse of treasures. It's a receptacle filled with treasures. Think of the treasure chest. Many movies have been made about different treasure chests where you're trying to find all this treasure, the gold, the silver, all the different things in there, the jewels. And and people are so excited when they find this, this chest full of treasures. That's the meaning behind this word treasure, thesaurus. It signifies riches that you have stored away for the future. When Jesus shared this scripture, he specifically focused on possessions and money. You can't argue that. If you look at that scripture before and after, you'll find out it's all about possessions and money. Why? Because Jesus knows that money is the master for many people. And this is not a topic. I'm not going to be preaching on money this whole time. Don't, don't, don't worry. Thank you very much. So if, since you gave me permission, I'm preaching on money. No, I'm just But Jesus knew that 
money wasn't necessarily serving them, but that they were serving money. Think about it. Why are we working harder and longer? Pastor Tom, I got bills to pay. I get it. I understand. We got to pay our mortgage. We got bills. We got to pay our utilities, which are going crazy. Our water. I get it. We got to pay. Just going to the grocery store requires money. So I understand that we have to work. We need money. But sometimes what happens is we get it reversed in roles, and all of a sudden we actually choose to go in debt. We choose to go in financial, financially more and more in debt. And all of a sudden we find ourselves, instead of money serving us, we're literally serving money. We find ourselves working harder and harder and harder. And it feels like we're getting further and further and further behind. And Jesus is saying, it's because of where, what you treasure. Because whatever your treasure is where your heart's going to be located. Is money serving you or are you serving money? Has it become your master? As Jesus is sharing, and I just shared this, he's informing us that our heart will be located where the greatest receptacle of treasure is located. If money and possessions is our greatest treasure, then that's, where our, that's what's going to capture our heart. It's usually whatever, this is the way I, I categorize it. It's usually whatever I'm thinking about the most, that's where my treasure is located. This is why it's so important that we identify what we truly treasure. Because it will have a direct, catch this, what we truly treasure will have a direct impact on our passion. So let's dive into this message. The first thought I want to share with you today. How does passion affect our identity? The definition of identity is the distinguishing character or personality of an individual. A few weeks ago I shared about how I was passionate as a kid about basketball. I loved basketball. I breathed basketball. I ate I mean, I ate with a basketball. I slept with a basketball. Everything was about a basketball. I mean, after school, all I thought about in school was going to go play basketball. And then after school, I'd go play basketball. And by the time I go to bed, all I thought about was waking up and being able to go play basketball. And it really kind of formed part of my passion in my life. It really formed kind of my, part of my identity of who I was because I still, to this day, uh, sports is one of my outlets. I, I love sports. It's, it's something that I go do and I, I just want to be able to go relax. And it's, it's, I love to go play sports. And I've, since I've gotten older, it's been a little bit more golf than basketball, but that's okay. I love sports. I like playing it. How many, how many sports? How many sports out there? Okay, yeah. There you go. I also have passion for people. And sometimes you... People don't know that because I'm kind of an introvert. I'm not an extrovert. If you didn't know that, I am. Pastor Tom, you're up on stage and you're talking. Yeah, I don't know how that all works out, but it does. Uh, I don't get it. But more so, I'm an introvert than an extrovert. But yeah, I still have a passion for people. You see, I love seeing people successful. I love seeing people fulfilled in their dreams and their passions. Not passions of fame or, or, or passions of riches, but more of passions in their life that makes a difference where they have a passion for their family, they have a passion for God, they have a passion for friends. The passions that bring joy and fulfillment. I love seeing that take place in people's lives. It's one of my passions. Most of my life has been dedicated, and I, I don't understand how it happens, but most of it, my life has been dedicated in helping and serving others. It's a passion that God has given me, and it continues, catch this, to shape my identity. Many of you have the same passion. You love serving others. It's part of your heart. We all have different passions. You might be an artist. 
where you have a passion for painting or maybe you have a passion for photography or a passion for music. There's many different passions, but our passions, guess what, affect our identity. There's an interesting account in Matthew chapter 22 where the religious leaders uh, were following Jesus and they asked Jesus this, this question, and I've shared this before, so you might have heard this, where they say, teacher, that's re- referring to Jesus, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. I underscored love. There's a purpose, and you're going to find this at the end of the message. You see, the religious leaders of Jesus' day, and you can leave that scripture up just for a minute. The religious leaders of Jesus' day were so caught up with following the law that they lost their passion for why the law was given. The law was given to direct their love and passion towards God. But their passion had become all about the law, not about God. Jesus, in this scripture, quotes Deuteronomy 6.5. That part, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, is from Deuteronomy 6.5. He quotes that passage of scripture to remind the religious leaders why God gave them the law in the first place. It was to point them to a Savior, to the love of God. But because their current passions and love had become so corrupted, guess what? Jesus was trying to redirect them back to their purpose. Their passion for the law was directly affecting, catch this, their passion for the law was directly affecting their identity. So they would walk around, the Pharisees, Sadducees, they would walk around just looking for you, just ready for you to make a mistake. Wait a minute. This is, you're eating on the Sabbath? You're picking corn on the Sabbath? Mark them down. What, 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 what? You're doing something good, but that requires energy? That requires, you're doing something like that on the, no, 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 that's not on the Sabbath. And so they're continually trying to obey this law, and yet they were missing the very thing that the law was given for, and that was God's love. The same thing can happen in our life. Where we get so captivated by everything that goes around us that all of a sudden we miss the main identity of who we are and our passions all of a sudden get all convoluted. Their passion for the law was directly affecting their identity. They identified more with the law than with God. How do we know this? Because they didn't recognize Jesus as the Son of God. When Jesus said in John 10, 30, I and the Father are one. Jesus' words, I and the Father are one. Guess how they responded? They were ready to stone Jesus. They were prepared to stone Jesus for those words. They identified with the law, but they couldn't identify with God's Son. And let me try to put it in today's terms, because sometimes this can be a lot of heaviness, and you go like, man, Pastor Tom, but how does that relate to me? I've seen people, including pastors, who become more in love with the business of the church and the operations of the church than with God. It's, one, it's why sometimes you can walk, and, I'm not, and this is not to criticize churches because I love the church. Don't, don't go down this road. But sometimes, you know what I'm talking about, you can walk into a church and feel zero presence of God. You can't feel any of God's presence. Why? 
because the church has become too, too focused on operations, on ministries and all that. They forgot about God. It can happen in our own life. It can happen in this church. We have to awaken ourselves continually about the presence of God. Otherwise, what will happen is when we walk in a church, we just go through the formalities of church. We raise our hands, we praise it, we're, and, we go, and off we go to, to go eat, and we check off the box, and we went to church for the day. And we left without having any impact of God's presence on our life. And it's God's presence that will change our life. There's nothing wrong with ministries. There's nothing wrong with operations of the church. So please don't quit the experience team. Please don't quit the worship team. We need you. But just like the Old Testament law must point to a Savior, what we do has to always point to Jesus. As a Christian, if we're not pointing people to Jesus, then our passion is misdirected and it's affecting who we are. It's affecting our identity. Remember the Apostle Paul was, a, was originally a practicing Pharisee. He was a guy that was a letter to the law type of guy. And, but after he met Jesus, everything took a back seat to his, to his relationship with Jesus. Everything. Everything was put away. All his focus was placed on Jesus Christ. Listen to Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. These are Paul's words. He says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God. I underscore this again. Who loved me and gave himself for me. The Apostle Paul once identified himself as a Pharisee, a strict follower of the law. But once he encountered, once he encountered Jesus' love, his passions changed. And when his passions changed, his identity changed. He was now seen as living through Jesus' righteousness and not his own righteousness. And that's a good thing, folks. To be living under the grace of God. It keeps us from becoming self-righteous. The changing of Paul's passions was a game changer. Because you will be known by what you are passionate about. It's true. If you're all about football, yeah, he's the guy that loves football. If you're all about work, yeah, he's a workaholic. If do you see what I'm saying? We'll be known by what we're passionate about. Do we have enough passion for Jesus in our life? In life, we'll have many different passions. We'll have passion for business. Some of you guys are business owners. You love business or a career. You'll have a passion for parenting. Right now, man, Brett's reading every parenting book that is out there. He's figuring out how to get this baby to sleep through the night. Page 34, okay, okay, underline, underscore that, highlight that. Because he has a passion for being a parent. He has a passion for sleep. We have a passion for marriage, passion for education, passion for physical fitness, passion for writing, passion for singing. The list is unlimited. There is nothing wrong with healthy passions. In fact, having something to be passionate about is where we find our fulfillment in life. But the question is, and this is the big question, when those passions fade, who will remain? Will your identity still be there? Or will you know who you are? When the children move out of the house, 
will you still have identity? When the physical body can no longer do what it used to be able to do, will you still have identity? God forbid, if your spouse leaves you, do you still have identity? When you step away from your career or business, and eventually someday you probably will, will you still have your identity? When your singing voice can no longer perform, it's all of a sudden just doesn't do it anymore. You can't get the high notes. You can't. What will happen to your identity? Those are the, that's a really important question for our life because the greatest struggles of life happen when our passions are stripped away. We saw this during COVID when all of a sudden people's passions were stripped away. They struggled with their identity. In those times, it's easy to lose your identity. Who are you? But if our greatest passion is Jesus, then our identity will always remain. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He is always there. And that's why it's so important as a Christian, our identity is wrapped up in Jesus Christ. And which leads me to my second thought. Our identity affects our passion. As much as passion can affect your identity... I believe your identity also affects your passion. I'm not sure which one's greater. I'm going to share this message and you can go home and discuss it and figure out which one's better. I think they're both important. Which one has the greatest impact? I think most people who struggle with passion probably struggle with their identity. They question their meaning and their purpose in life. In today's culture, man, there is a, such a big push towards discovering your identity. And this can either bring clarity or it can actually bring a lot more confusion. As a Christian, it's important that we understand our identity, who we are as followers of Jesus. Because understanding that point will impact your passions. I think about Judas Iscariot, who, accepted, who, who um, never accepted his identity in Christ. If you remember who Judas was, he was the one that betrayed Jesus. He was one of the disciples. He's one of the 12. He's one of the in crowd. He's the one that would walk with Jesus. And he, he, would, he was with Jesus. He traveled with Jesus for three years. He ate with Jesus. He served alongside Jesus. Watched Jesus perform many miracles. Feeding the 5,000. Healing the lepers. And yet he couldn't identify Jesus as his Savior. Three years with the Son of God. Couldn't identify Jesus as Savior. In fact, he fought against Jesus. He stole from Jesus. And eventually he betrayed the Son of God. Why? Because he never embraced his true identity that was found in Jesus Christ. That's what really my heart is for each and every one of us, is to understand who we are in Christ. If we get that solid, if we get that secure, guess what? A lot of the other things in our life, a lot of our other passions are going to fall in line when we all of a sudden take the rightful place that we have as followers of Christ, as child of God, that my identity is secure and wrapped in Jesus Christ. Because Judas never embraced his true identity that was found in Jesus Christ, I want to remind you these words that Jesus shared. Because it reminds me, it, I, it parallels with what Judas was, was struggling with. Jesus' words in Matthew 6, 24 says, no one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And, and Judas never made this commitment 
that Jesus was the man. He was his savior. That his identity was in Jesus Christ. He couldn't make that commitment. So therefore, what took place in his life, he started finding his identity in other things such as money and possessions. And what Jesus just said in that, no one can serve too money. Either you'll hate the one or love it. That's what started to happen in Jesus. His passion started turning against Jesus. Because he never accepted the rightful place of his identity with Christ. Just like Jesus said in this passage, it should be a warning for all of us. Your identity or who you identify with will impact your life either negatively or positively. It's true. For Judas, it appears that his identity was wrapped around possessions instead of Jesus. Eventually that destroyed his life. As a follower of Jesus, it's important that your identity always remain in Jesus. Look at what Peter writes, and these are, man, these are powerful words in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. I want you just to take this in. Just receive it today. But you are a chosen people. Do you feel chosen today? You are a royal priesthood. Royal priesthood. You're part of the kingdom of God. God sees you as a, a priest that represents his goodness, his love, his grace, his mercy. You're a holy nation. The church. God's special possession. Have you ever thought of yourself as special? God does. And think about this. Special possession. You're his possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's what we're created for, is to declare the praises of God. Identity. That's your identity if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. You are chosen by God. You are his priesthood. You are holy. You are his possession. You are called to declare his goodness. We know that Peter was directing this to the Jewish believers. The Jewish church. But we also know according to Revelations chapter 1 verse 6 that this applies to everyone who puts their faith in Jesus Christ. This is how God identifies you. This is how God sees you. One way I can explain this, maybe the best way I could explain this is through parenthood. A child might see themselves a certain way. But when a parent or a grandparent looks at that child, they see, they see them in completely different perspective. For a parent, the child is their creation, their special possession, the embodiment of their love. I believe when a child feels this love from their parents, their identity thrives. But when a child feels unloved by their parents, I think that's when the, their identity deteriorates. We, we, we really are creation that needs the love of God. Yes. That's a big part of our identity, Amen. if not all of our identity. I want to close today, and it's a shorter message today, and that's fine, because I think maybe at the end of the message, we might just take a time for prayer. Yes. I want to close today by sharing a passage of scripture from 1 John chapter 4. And I believe this might help uh, us discover our identity and God's desire for every one of us today. And just, just sit back, re relax, listen to these words that John writes 
powerful words in 1 John 4. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, identity. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world, passion, so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, man, we should we should actually love one another. <laughs> no one has ever seen God. Have you, has anyone seen God yet? But if we love each other, identity, God lives in us. And his love is brought into full expression in us, once again, our identity. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God has God living in them. And they live in God. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in, live in love live in God. And God lives in them. And I want you to catch this line in verse 17. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. Identity. As we live in God, passion, our love grows more perfect. Did you catch those two things? I want you to catch that. As we remain in God, we find our identity in a greater way than ever before. And guess what comes out about that from that? a greater passion to love one another. So we will not be afraid on that day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it's, it's for the fear of punishment. And this shows that we really, we haven't fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he first loved us. Hang on for just a second. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Someone, that was a word for you today. If you're living in fear, if you're living in judgment, if you feel like God's going to come down upon you, that God is going to all of a sudden punish you and, and beat you up. And you haven't actually experienced the perfect love of God yet. You don't understand God's love. If you think that God... Now, I'm not saying that God ain't just. He is. But if you have chosen to put your faith in Jesus Christ, you, have, you should no longer have fear running through your life. Because when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, He loves you. He adores you. He's crazy about you. I triple dog dare you today to try to go over to Brett's house and take his baby. See what happens. That baby has been keeping him up late at night. They're not getting sleep. They're tired. But try to take the baby from him. 
they love that baby. Nothing is going to be able to take that baby from them. When you understand that God loves you and you have chosen to remain in Him, you're not leaving His house. You're staying right there. You're staying in His house. Nothing can snatch you away from the hand of God. Nothing. So if you're struggling in fear, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. We're going to have some prayer time at the end because we have some time. We're going to close. We're going to worship. Net, if you could come down and pray, and I'll be there. Pastor Johnny, if you're here, if you could come down. Any of our deacons. I just want to spend a little time in prayer. We haven't done that for a while. But if you need an affirmation, Pastor Tom, I've just been struggling with fear. Let's break that off of you today. If you need healing in your body, come down. Let's pray. Let's trust God. Let's believe that God can heal. He can do the miraculous. Praise report. Karis, the girl that's been fighting leukemia, she's doing well. Keep her in prayers. Yeah, she's doing well. She's still in treatments. But I've been praying this week because her oldest brother, Caleb, has gotten married yesterday. And they weren't sure if they were going to make the wedding. It's in Idaho. And uh, Brent and Sherry, they loaded up the car. And by the way, the money that we gave them, they were able to rent a, a good car and, and drive to Idaho and stay at hotels. And they used that money to be able to make this happen. And, and they went to their oldest son's wedding. And guess who was there with them the entire time? Karis. Don't tell me that God doesn't do miracles. So if you need a touch from God today, come down and be a part of this opportunity just to pray because God wants to touch your life because he loves you he cares for you put your identity in Jesus Christ and watch what takes place in your life let's pray Lord Jesus I thank you for your word today your word is powerful it is effective and it is life changing I pray today that we would find our identity in you. And as we do that, it changes our passion. I pray that your words in Matthew, when you, when you said that we are a light upon a hill, it, it's, it's impossible to hide that light. We're supposed to be that light on a hilltop that is shining bright. I pray, God, that that light represents the passion that we have for you. And that our passion for your love, Lord God, would overflow abundantly into the lives of others let us Lord God this week make a difference in others that's what's most important is that we love you and love others if we can get those two things straight God guess what everything that we do Lord God is being glorifying to you thank you for your love thank you for the opportunity to serve you if you're here today and you've never made a choice to choose Christ as your Lord and Savior let me share it's very simple all you have to do is ask Jesus to come into your life. It's basically choosing to make a decision. I'm no longer going to follow those things that lead me towards evil. I'm going to choose to follow Jesus Christ who can set me free and lead me toward his goodness. You make that choice and it's just saying this prayer. And I want everybody to say this prayer with me today. Just say this with me. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Lord Jesus, I choose you. I put my identity in you. Thank you for your love. 
change my life. Help me to do what is right. Give me the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, Amen. Choose to follow Christ today. He will change your life. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.